Hey, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Hello, I am Christine George, and welcome to the No Like Trust podcast. Um, I am your host, and I am also the co-founder of Posted Beam Creative. Today, I'm really excited to have Diane Terry with us. Diane is a Post and Beam client. Um, she's also a top producing agent with Windermere Real Estate out in the Seattle market. Uh, and she's a business coach. Actually, Diane is a mentor and a coach to many real estate agents, and she has finally made it official and most recently launched her business coaching practice. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that in a little bit. Um, but today, we're really going to talk about the art of listening. So Diane's approach is different from your average real estate agent in that she's really very thoughtful, and you're going to see that right away. Um, and she's very curious. She believes that people usually listen to respond instead of listening to understand. And so we're really going to dive deep into that and what that means um, within the context of real estate. Um, so I just want to give a warm welcome to Diane. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Christine. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a super post and, and beam creative fan. You guys did my website for me, and I thought it was going to be this arduous, awful process. And it was done like that. I mean, it was miraculous. So, so grateful. Um, but I, I'm excited to be here today to talk about the art of listening Um I think what's missing in our industry and what really kind of drove me to do this, this passion project started in 2017 for me when my husband lost his hearing and I lost my hearing in one ear and we had to start listening to each other differently. And that got me just very curious about the whole topic of listening. And when I look at our industry, aside from my tight circle of agent friends, um, the things that are missing are the words integrity, honor, work ethic, privilege, responsibility, standards of excellence, and the sacredness of our vocation seems to be very much missing from the conversation on a wider basis. And even this morning when I checked our industry newsletter, which will remain nameless, you know, words like pay-per-click, buy leads, use your buyers as bait, send unsolicited CMAs. I mean, it just, it makes me sad because that is not representative of how we do our business. Yeah. Yeah. Know, right. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because, um, you, you know, you and I had sort of a prep conversation a couple of days ago and, you know, we talked about this. Um, we're going to get back to the art of listening in a second, but this is like, this is a really important topic because we joke sort of about how real estate agents, that overall perception is that they're sort of one step above a used car salesman. Mm -hmm. And yet you're trading, you know, one of their highest and, you know, assets. And that particular asset just happens to be like this sacred place that they call home. Right. So so talk a little bit about that. And, and, you know, if that is the case, why aren't we bringing more understanding, more listening, more higher standards to the practice? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can only speak to my own practice. But for example, for a, li a listing presentation, I have a whole, the whole thing starts like hours before I actually show up to the client's house. And I'm always a 
early to any appointment kind of gal. And uh, for a listing presentation, I will re- I will arrive about half an hour early, park a block away so they don't think I'm weird. And I really have to do my breathing. And what I do mentally is I think of a backpack and I stuff the backpack of all my own personal worries, my to-do list, things that are bugging me, things that are occupying space in my mind. I clear it all out and I put it in this imaginary backpack that I put in the trunk of my car and I will sit there and do my breathing exercises until I feel my heart expand because I'm really going into a sacred situation and I have to create a safe space for the client that I'm about to meet. And I can only do that if I'm prepared because we've all been in those conversations where people are in a hurry and they're rushing us through and they're trying to squeeze us in between appointment A and appointment C and you can feel that energy. And that is like the worst possible energy to bring to a listing presentation because I think quite often they don't really even know what's beneath the beneath the beneath the of why they need to make the move like the simple answer is yes we've outgrown our home we have to move but there's a lot of psychological baggage that comes with that and my goal is to help them unearth that in that space that I create for them that's super safe. And a lot of times if they're an older couple, Mm -hmm. they have not really communicated well between each other about why this is even happening. And I have a really good example of an older couple that I served a couple years ago. And they lived in a Tudor with a detached garage and, you know, it's vertical living, up, down, up, down. And she was needing a knee replacement And she had the most magnificent garden. And I thought, oh, the work that went into this garden that they're going to have to leave, right? So I had that thought as I was going to the front door. And I was very careful to give them equal time to express themselves. And of course, the husband was an attorney. So he went first. And, you know, he was very matter of fact. And yeah, we're going to do this and da, 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 da. And I could, I noticed that she was very quiet. And I thought, okay. So I said, thank you for your input. And then I turned to the wife and I created the safest space I could for her to express to us what was going on. And I noticed as I started asking uh, open-ended questions that her eyes got a little watery and her posture changed. And I thought, there's a lot here that we're not, we're not talking about yet. And so, you know, I was... I allotted three hours for that appointment. Like I really buffer those appointments because you never know what's going to happen, right? So I just sat back and I gave her all the space that she needed to maybe realize for the first time, like what was making her sorrowful, of course, leaving the garden. But as we kept kept asking and digging a little bit deeper, softly digging a little bit deeper, it turned out that she was feeling extremely guilty about her being the cause of them having to move because she was aging more rapidly than he was. And she was totally guilt-ridden. And by her being able to express that, the husband looked at her and he said, I didn't even think of that. I'm kind of excited for this new chapter. And then I saw that kind of lift off of her. 
I wow. noticed the energy change. And now I knew that if we ran into a bump along the road in this transaction, I knew what their true why was. Whereas if I had just like, if that were a 45 minute appointment, I wouldn't know, I would not have what I needed to know to do the best possible job for them, right? To keep reminding them what their why was if we came up against a little bump. So I'm all about creating sacred space. I mean, it's an honor. Like I think of our work as a vocation. And yes, when I first started, like I was mortified to tell people I was a real estate agent. Like really, my my parents would not even, they just said, oh, she's a housewife now. <laughs> not. <laughs> not. Uh, but that's what they told everybody because they were mortified that I went into real estate. And it wasn't until I started making good money that they would sheepishly say that I was in the real estate business. So, um, but the more I got into it, I feel like it's a sacred vocation, like you are changing the trajectory of someone's future, because yeah. this usually is their biggest asset. Yeah. So the advice that we give them, uh, the information that we provide for them, all helps them to make a decision that changes where future generations will will go for them. Yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, there's a lot there. So I, I really love how you you really see this as a, a as a vocation and as something so deeply personal because i do think that someone's home is their sanctuary and so i i love how you you give yourself those few minutes before a listing appointment to sort of clear the space and that visualization i think makes all the difference you know putting yes. your baggage in the backpack throwing the backpack in the in the back and then when you show up, you're showing up as a guide, not someone who's looking to kill a deal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, my husband was watching me prep for the call and he goes, I don't know, more times than not, you talk people out of doing what they want to do. And I'm like, yeah, because it's it's not the right decision for them once they have all the facts in front of them. And my goal is not to get a deal this month. It's to be their trusted advisor for the rest of their lives, right? Yeah. So that's why you see, like, I have a client that I've worked with eight times now. Like, they just keep coming back because they trust me. Or before they do a remodel, they'll call and say, hey, we're thinking of doing this. And I'm like, yeah, let me get right over there because I don't want you to make any mistakes. Right. So I I can I'm honored to be integrated into their lives that way, which is I mean, it really is a true honor. It is. It really is. So let's go back to what happens when you're in that listing presentation, when you go, when you go in and you start to unpack what's really going on, what's the sort of, I mean, you have said your superpower is listening. So give us a little bit more detail about what happens in that moment and how you're able to unearth what's really going on. So when I teach listening, one of the key things I want people to walk away with is to never start a conversation with why. Like, I don't know if you know this, but why is a word that makes people supremely defensive, even though they don't have anything to be defensive about. So I usually start my conversations with clients the same way I do with my coaching clients. And I just go, so tell me. And then I just sit back and I take notes, which is so different from what we're taught in any sales class, right? And 
I think that listening, I think the old paradigm of a good listener is being able to parrot back what the person said. So, Christine, if I heard you right, you said da-da-da-da-da. That is not my approach at all. My approach is to ask questions that are open-ended, non-binary. I don't ask questions that will result in a yes or no answer. I like to be a little bit more... um, I'm I'm extracting. In my mind, I'm extracting the truth that maybe they don't even know about yet. And so I'm a little nerdy girl. I have been since I was like eight years old. I collect questions. I have a notebook and I collect questions that resonate with me or that are beautiful. And I will sometimes pick a question out of there. Like if I'm at the end, if I'm walking through the home with them, I go, so tell me, Christine, does this home and what's in it, does it reflect the you of your past, the current you, or what you aspire to be? Interesting question. Right? Yeah. So what kind of answer do you get for a question like that? Well, and here's the other thing. I never assume, like so many agents, when they go to a presentation, they already assume they're like, oh, they're in their 70s, they're downsizing, they're going to need to know about the bridge loan program and who's going to help them pack and visit. I go in with zero assumptions. Like I really, really try to be this empty space. And I let them tell me what they need before I offer any solutions. Because I think as salespeople, we're trained to rat-a-tat, like regurgitate all the information we know about how great our company is and how great we are and what we can do. And you know what? It's not about us at all. I mean, at all, it never is. It's about the client, right? And what, what is moving them at the moment? So I love asking that question because it gives them the chance to say, oh, this home right now represents three generations of crap that as each parent died, we had to absorb and we're busting at the seams and we can't take it anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That tells me so much. Instead of me jumping to that conclusion, that tells me a lot of things. And so as, as I'm talking to them, I'm always, always taking notes because have you ever been to a restaurant and you're a table of eight and the waitress is not taking any notes? Uh-huh. It's like, uh, that this, is not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and if we're trying to get to a show, that's not happening. So, yeah. you know, I'm very careful to take notes and I'm very careful not to answer the questions right away. Like if they have a question, like the typical question is, do you discount your commission? Well, I never do, but I don't talk about that at the beginning. What I say is, that is a very good question. I'm writing it down and we're going to circle back to that, right? Because you don't want to be talking about commission before you've been able to listen to them and then offer them suggestions on what might be helpful. Then and only then would you talk about the commission question. Right, right. So, okay, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're in this situation. Are you telling me you don't bring any listing presentation? You don't bring any materials? Like nothing? So I'm embarrassed to say that I still don't know how to do a CMA, which 33 years in the business, I don't know how to do a CMA. Here's what I do know how to do. After they've decided to work with me and we start to talk about pricing, 
I show them the MLS with utmost transparency. And I go, Christine, you and I are two smart women. We're going to look at shelf placement for your house. And to do that, we're going to look at past sales, what's pending, and what's active. And we're going to see right away, like, where the sweet spot is going to be. So I bring up all the solds within the last three months. Well, my house is better than that. Your house is definitely better than that. Oh, this one's going to give you a run for your money. Oh, we're, we're not there. We need to back up in that spot. And I do that with solds, pendings, and actives. And then it's just a natural, like, you know, it's just the next thing. It's like, okay, clearly we need to be in this range. It's very simple. Yeah. Like, I don't believe in all that stuff. Like, everybody always laughs because if I'm up against other people, they go, where's your stuff? And I see on the coffee table all the stuff, right? Okay. I'm like, do you really need all that stuff? I have some in the back of my car. If you really want the stuff, you can follow me out afterwards. But I'm really here to listen. And they're wow. like, oh. And they're just, it's so refreshing for them. And I think what's so interesting to me is they talk 90% of the time. I yeah. talk 10. And at the end, it's like, you were so great. And I'm like, because somebody listened to them, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's a lost art. I think that ability to create space for people or just in too much of a hurry all the time. 100%. And we're easily distracted. Um, And, and I, I think it's amazing how the thing that I find most fascinating is that people don't necessarily even know their why until you start asking the questions. That's right. that they haven't even potentially communicated it with one another. That is so often the case. It's it's astonishing. And it's almost like marriage counseling sometimes. Yes. You know, you're creating a safe space for them to tell each other what they've been scared to say. Yeah. And making it safe so they can say it without repercussion. Right. 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 Yeah. So- Now let's take it back to what you were talking about in terms of, and what, you know, we sort of started with um, this perspective of real estate agents as, you know, a step above used car salesmen. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that is, you know, when there's agents like you in the world, I mean, you couldn't be any further from that. So why is it that there is this perception out there and what do we do about it? Well, you know, it's it's hard. It's at first it was difficult for me to understand that not everybody operated like I did because I'm with a company with really high standards. And so when I look around, for the most part, everybody is like really conducting themselves at a high level. And Windermere in Seattle is one of the only companies that I know of that has the standards of practices committee that meets monthly. We're a group of agents from all the in-city offices that meet once a month, and I chair that committee. And then those notes go to the owners' meetings, and standards is definitely part of their their agenda that they talk about. So the guardrails of what's acceptable and not acceptable within our business, uh, in our company rather, are very clear for the most part. But when I look at things on a broader basis, I'm like, oh, Yikes. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
So one way to fix that is, I mean, your company seems to be doing, you know, sort of the setting the stage for it. Yeah, I think that you lead by example. Like, uh, you know, it's interesting at Genuine Hustle um, a month or so ago, a younger agent said, how do we change X in the business? And somebody said, oh, you'll never change that. It's always been like that. I was like, wait, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Because, you know, Christine, I find the younger agents so full of promise for a different kind of future for us. Like, they don't put up with a lot of crap. Yeah, (laughs) They really don't. Like, my generation, I'm 63. I was just happy to have a seat at the table. I'm like, I'm at the table. I can't believe it. I'm at the table. You know, <laughs> they just assume they have a seat at the table. And it's like, what next? What more? And I think that they are the generation, like the 40-somethings. They're the ones that are going to say, you know, this offer expiring at 9 p.m. is BS. Like, why are we reviewing offers on a weekend or in the evening? Like, the banks close at 5. Escrow closes at 5. Why are we not reviewing offers like sane people at 2 in the afternoon with the seller? So there's plenty of time to review, sign around, open escrow, onwards. I don't understand why not everyone does it that way. But I think that there's going to be this tidal shift. Like, this is how change happens slowly, 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 and then suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. And I really am so hopeful for this younger generation of agent to say, what the hell are we doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, just because we've always done it that way. So I'm super, super hopeful. And I love, um, I love working with younger agents because they teach me so much and hopefully I can teach them a, a thing or two. You yeah. know, so it's really fun that way. Yeah. All your wisdom. I mean, the, you know, we when we were working on your brand identity for your coaching business, I mean, you're a sage, you know, you 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 impart your wisdom on everybody. But I think what you were saying before is that you know, maybe one of the reasons there's this perception is that agents are always available 24 seven. Yeah. Constantly. And so it really dilutes the value of an agent when an agent doesn't even have their own boundaries. You right. know, they're, yeah. they're I do a whole workshop on boundaries. Don't get me going on boundaries. Yeah. You know, it's okay if somebody texts you at nine o'clock at night, maybe that's when they have free time after the kids have been put to bed. That doesn't mean that you have to respond right away at nine o'clock at night. Look at the text. Is it earth shattering? Is it something that's going to keep them up at night? Like I really try to conduct my business during business hours. And I'm very lucky to have a partner who I'm a morning person and she's not. So between the two of us, we have a lot wider coverage than most people. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think are some of the common mistakes that real estate agents make when it comes to, to selling real estate? I think that they go in with a lot of assumptions, like they assume too much. They don't listen enough. Um, and I think that they have not mastered the art of listening, which is a full body sport. Like, thank God we had Zoom during the pandemic, because I, the one thing I do worry about with the younger generations is this texting stuff. Like, uh, for me to notice something, like when I'm really listening, I can see like the crinkle in someone's eye 
or somebody catch their breath before saying something that's difficult to express, like all of those things, I'm noticing all of those things all at the same time that I'm listening. It's a full body sport. Like you be able to at least see the person. So, you know, quite frankly, Christine, I probably would not have hired you guys had I not been able to Zoom with you because I want to see who I'm working with, right? Yeah. Um, So luckily we had Zoom, but now I think as things are getting better, I think it's so important to carve out time to get face-to-face with people as often as possible, especially if your client is 60 or over. This is a big deal for them. Sure. How rich they are, it is a big deal to downsize from the family home to their maybe last home, right? And so I think it's really important to be there in person with a lot of patients and block out a lot of time. And any subsequent conversations, if you can just run over to their house and be in person, they are going to feel more taken care of. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important. I, you know, going back to what it is we're doing is, mm-hmm. you know, selling her help or helping them purchase their largest asset, which is their sanctuary. It's the place where they feel safe. Mm-hmm. It's the place where they create memories. It's the place where they can let down their hair. And that requires a very high level of trust and trust. Yeah. Privilege yeah. and trust. I mean, it's privilege. Yes. It's a privilege. To me, it's a privilege. I mean, every time I'm allowed to work with someone, I feel tremendous responsibility, but also privilege. Like, I'm what a privilege and an honor to work with someone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I do yeah. have boundaries, though. I have very firm boundaries about who I will and won't work with. <laughs> well, and that's okay. And, you know, yeah. you're going to attract, that's the key, too, is, you know, when you, put your values out there, when you put yourself out there and your point of view and your perspective, mm-hmm. that's when you attract the right kind of people right. to work people. with you. Yeah. You know? And the, and you know, in the three and a half years that we've been partnered, we've fired two people and it, it was a big monetary amount. And my partner who's newer was kind of like, really? And I'm like, trust me. Yeah. The minute we do this, something good is going to happen. And sure enough, we let this person go that didn't align with our values. Yeah. And all this great stuff came our way. Yeah. It, you know, it's like a miracle. It, it is. It's the law yeah. of attraction. Yeah. Really. So I think if there was one skill that every every real estate agent could work on, it would it would be to get comfortable with silence. Because oh, yes. part of what we do is we rush the conversation through because we're uncomfortable or we have things we want to say. So we're without knowing it, you're rushing people. And my grandmother, my Japanese grandmother, you taught me this a long time ago. She said, silence is a sea of possibilities. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? That silence is, is beautiful. a sea of possibilities. Right. And I am, I, when I met my husband, we went on our first date and it lasted like a long time. It was a, a day trip and a trip back. And I think he said five sentences the entire date. And I thought, I'm so comfortable with him in silence. That's a good sign, right? It really is. So 
Um, in Japan, uh, the average Japanese person is comfortable with 8.2 seconds of silence. So you say something, I can sit in silence for 8.2 seconds thinking about that before I respond. That 8.2 drops to 4.6 seconds for an American, right? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And a U.S. medical doctor will interrupt a patient within 12 seconds. Really? Yeah. Fascinating, right? Honestly, being interrupted is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. I it's hate disrespectful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So another gem that I have written down in my notebook somewhere is words conceal, silence reveals. Oh, I love that. And my dad taught me that when I was a teenager and started dating. Because it doesn't matter what the guy says. Actions speak louder than words, right? Yeah, it's very so true. So words conceal and silence reveals. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very true. Yeah. And let's move on to your coaching business because this is a passion for you. You've been selling real estate for 30 plus years. Yeah. You have a partner, you know. So, you know, a lot of the she's doing a lot of sort of the heavy lifting on the transactional side of the business. Mm-hmm. And that's freeing you up to do more of what you really love, which is to mentor and coach not only other agents, but you you're really looking beyond the real estate space as well. Yeah. I am. So I can you tell us I, a little bit about it? Yeah, I think that my ideal client is um, somebody that's probably 45 and older that has been around long enough that they have started asking the existential questions of why am I here? <laughs> What's it all about? How do I give my life meaning? All those kinds of questions that come up at a certain point in your life. I'm really good at helping people like figure that out and figure figure their path so that they are living a more meaningful life. Um, and it's really rewarding when I work with small business owners, not just realtors, but sm- small business owners are my passion. I have one gal in particular who I started working with. She was my first client and her um, revenue went up 40%. That's significant. Wow. Yeah. And it was all that, you know, I come from a corporate background of logistics. And so I really know how to put a business plan together and how to execute and how to stay on track. I, that is in me. And so a lot of business owners, they start because something's a passion and it kind of rolls into money making and it's very loosey goosey and they've never even heard of a business plan, much less a profit loss statement or a budget, God forbid. And so just being able to coach them on that and get them on track mm-hmm. and accountability, like, you know, you said you were going to do this. Did you get it done? Yeah. And teaching them like the importance of a business plan all the way down to the tactics, I think is really effective. And and for me, it's really um, rewarding to see that kind of result. That is fantastic. So um, you also just launched a blog mm-hmm. actually this week. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and how do we find it? Okay, so a couple things. So I have a private Facebook group. I have a business page, but I have a private group. And it's been it's been my 
lifesaver through all the COVID years. I mean, it's incredible the friendships that I've made on there. And I know the younger generation says, nobody's on Facebook. Facebook is passe. Well, I beg to differ. Like, Facebook saved me through the COVID years, and I have intense friendships there. And I'm very transparent and very vocal about my views. And so I use that space to express myself. And I have a lot of I have a lot of people that get engaged, which is amazing. And so I I have a so on my website now I have a blog. And it's www.dianeterrycoach.com. You can scroll down to the blog and then you can subscribe to it so that I can send it to you every time I happen to pontificate on something. So the blog was an extension of the Facebook page where people are like, I wish you could get into that more. But, you know, Facebook, the medium isn't really for like long stories and so forth. So I thought, I need a blog where I can really like get this all out on paper and somebody can read it and interact with me in a meaningful way. Yes. So that's where the blog kind of started. That's awesome. And Diane just actually launched her very first official post um, yeah. yesterday, last night. And so it is dianeterrycoach.com. And right across the top, you you can navigate right to her her blog and and certainly subscribe to it. She'll be sending it out to everybody every time she posts. Um, Diane, as we start to wrap up the conversation today, what are three things you would like our audience to know? Three takeaways. So my three takeaways is like, understand the importance of listening, not just in work, but in every relationship that you have. Like honing your listening skills will do nothing but improve your marriage improve your relationship with your children, your friends. It's a skill that we are not taught in school, but it it is to me like the most important life skill. And I would say that the quality of my life changed immensely in 2017 when I started deep diving into it. People actually took notice. They were like, what's going on with you? Like you're different, something's changing. And I'm like, yeah, the quality of my life is changing because I'm interacting with life in a different way. So with curiosity and with giving people space and really listening and noticing like what's happening, right? So that would be one, I would say, Never lose your sense of awe and curiosity about the world. And what would be a good third one? I I always say that I want to live my life with integrity so that when I look in the mirror every morning as I'm brushing my teeth, no regrets. Mm-hmm. If the universe wants to take me today, I'm ready to go. I am ready to roll, really. Yeah, that's yeah. really hard to do. And I think, you know... I think, you know, women over 40, especially women over 50 and on just, it's such a wonderful time of life from that perspective where we can really start to like, you know, shake off. Yeah. We talked about this the other day, right? Like your forties, I feel like you're, you're in a marathon line and you're always looking at, you know, how am I doing compared to the person to the left and right? And that's your forties. And then in your fifties, I think you realize, oh, this is all she wrote. Like this is, this is pretty much what it's going to be. And then hopefully you reconcile and appreciate what you have. 
And then the 60s, it's so great. Like, I wish I could have been 60 for the last 40 years. Like, it's so wonderful because you just stop caring what anybody thinks. Like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I am living for me. Like, you know, I and kind of like that leather chair behind me that just keeps getting better with age. I feel like... The outside may not look good, but the inside is like, it's so delicious. I mean, I love my own company and I love being with my tight circle of people and life is grand. I mean, it's really wonderful. Oh my God. What a way to wrap up this conversation. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question. Oh boy. Finish, <laughs> ready? <laughs> Finish this sentence. No like trust is. No like trust is knowing yourself well enough to trust that you'll always make the right decision and you'll like yourself at the end of the day. Start your day with intention, end it with gratitude, and make it juicy in between. Oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) So, so, so good. I love it. Diane, thank you so much for being with us today. So appreciate it. We are going to put your um, website in the, um, in the show notes and follow Diane on Facebook and Instagram. And if you love our podcast, as always, give us a five-star review, write us a review, subscribe, share it with your friends, um, share it with the people you love and, um, definitely keep listening and enjoy, enjoy and have gratitude for the day. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.